Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Sovereign AF Podcast. I'm your host, Regina Cornelio, and today's topic is emergency communications and ham radios. I'm very excited to have my guest, Travis Willis, on. He runs a, a group for Idaho Emergency Communications, and he has extensive knowledge on ham radios and has been... Uh, researching and into this stuff for a very long time. So I'm excited to dive into this topic. Welcome, Travis. Thank you very much. And uh, good to be with you guys and good to see you. Yeah. So why don't we start off by, um, can you give us like a quick intro on you, a little bit of a summary of you and how did you get into ham radios? And then we'll kind of dive into that topic. Okay. Uh, I'm a retired electronics engineering uh, technician and uh, kind of all started when I was a kid. I grew up in a family where uh, radio stuff was always available and always around. So I remember sitting in my uh, grandpa's basement and we'd just uh, be sitting around doing different things and shortwave radio. So that's stuff from all over the world that's just kind of bouncing around out there, grew up hearing that and Later on, there was uh, access to stuff like CB stuff. Uh, got a CB for my birthday one year and set up a base station doing that. Got into some of the fun stuff that you do as a teenager. Uh, there's stuff called CB tag. Get a couple of guys, a couple of trucks, and try to find the next guy. So that made it fun. It kind of got into it. Uh, early 20s, become... Uh, Hooked up the job doing uh, computer engine or computer electronics. Opened up a small business doing that on the side for a lot of years. Went back for a degree. Ended up coming out as an engineer. Started working uh, government contracts, civilian contracts. All of them based around uh, RF and uh, which is radio frequency. And, and then it's like, well, you're this far. Why not expand that into ham radio and that's kind of where the rabbit hole went and once you get bit by that bug yeah you're you're down a deep rabbit hole there's always somewhere to go in the hobby always somewhere to expand and possibilities are endless so this is kind of the direction i went and kind of what opened the door for me so awesome little did i know uh this is where it was going to take us so so I have to admit, so I, ha I have a ham radio, to, uh... but I don't know what I'm doing. Let's like start with the basics and we'll have to, I know that you guys have like your own language with ham radios. Um, we'll have to break it down really simple because even myself as an owner of a ham radio, I don't know anything. And I've been in your group. I hate to admit this. I've had a ham radio. I think I got it in 2021. I haven't programmed it. I don't know anything about it. And I'm in your group and I still don't know anything because I haven't paid attention. So sorry to admit. But um, <laughs> let's start with like the basics. So what is a ham radio? Okay, um, this uh, topic's pretty vast, like I said, but we'll kind of narrow this down really simple. Ham radio is something simple. You can get it into something small like this, 
a simple $30 handheld. Now, is it the best thing on the market? Not necessarily. 30 bucks, you get what you pay for. Now, is it something you can learn and practice on? And if you drop it and break it or decide it's not for you, you only spent 30 bucks. Now, can that same $30 radio help you in an emergency on a bad day? Yeah, it can. And can you expand from there? You can. So something simple like that, that's $30. Uh, a lot of this does, does require licensing. Some of it requires tests. If you're not the person that uh, testing is for you, then 35 bucks, no test. It gets you into something simple, $35 for radio like that. I mean, now for shipping taxes, you're looking $75 out the door. And you've got a radio that on a bad day, regardless of what the scenario is, it doesn't matter whether you rolled your truck into a ditch or there's any other number of scenarios going on, you've got a radio that you can get out and say, hey, let me get some help. And then there's all kinds of things that you can do. Every week we have a situation where we get a bunch of people together and we all talk to each other on the radios. We learn how to use them, sit down and figure out, like you said, there's a lot of things that people don't know. If you get around a group of people that are willing to learn and grow with you, then you don't have to worry about your comfort level or being embarrassed or about, is this a dumb question? You're around people that are starting with you and they're growing with you. So we get a bunch of people together and we provide free programming, real simple. If you're in a remote location, we can do programming just like you and I are doing this podcast. But we get a bunch of people together and we put on a little training class, give you a little pamphlet says, this is how you use your radio. This is a case when you leave here, this is something to refer back to, but we'll walk you through how to use your radio, let you play with it, practice with it, whatever we've got. Like I've got 20 of them just for training classes. So it gives you two or three hours to, to play with it, learn how to use it, take the pamphlet home, and then you can hit Amazon or eBay or wherever you want to hit and spend 75 bucks and you're ready to start talking to other people in your area. And once you establish a network of friends, people you know you can count on in a bad day, then something comes up. It doesn't matter what it is. Power goes down. Uh, cell phones go out you're up camping or hunting or doing something like that and you roll your truck into a ravine if you've got areas you can reach and you know how to use that equipment that's 35 dollars that maybe you threw in with your first aid kit maybe that <laughs> maybe that 35 can uh get you to safety and that's kind of the whole point of this is doesn't matter what the scenario is if you can learn and grow with people on your level, then that's there for any number of safety reasons. Okay, so I don't hear an echo right now. Is that through? I don't know. Hopefully it'll go away. What's that? Um, I heard an echo, but I don't hear it anymore, I don't think. That was a 100-pound pit bull flying across the front room when he shouldn't have been. No, I heard an echo, but now I don't hear the echo. So whatever it was, I heard myself echoing, but I don't hear it anymore. Um, okay. So it sounds like, let me get this right. You do 
classes to teach people how to use their ham radio. So would that be something that people outside of Idaho can do where they can come in and learn how to use their radio and then they can do it locally? Uh, you know, we could uh, do meetings and things like this and we could email instead of doing in-person pamphlets, we could uh, email the pamphlets out. And then at the end of the class, then you would have that documentation because we don't expect everybody to memorize everything in class. And then you're going to have questions and you're going to forget things. So you'll have, we could email documentation. We could uh, do uh, a class like this over Zoom and we could set up things like that. Uh, you'd mentioned that you have one and that's something that even I could do with, with you. We could walk right. through uh, right. how to use it, what it is, what it does. I could email you the, the uh, pamphlet and then if you had a programming cable, I could email you the program and you could give me remote access and we could even program that uh, radio right there on the spot and you'd be ready to go. So it sounds like right now, I keep hearing an echo. I don't know what's going on, but it sounds like right now you're working more with Idaho people, but it is possible for people to get trained, even if they're not in Idaho. Is that correct? Yes. And it's, it's one of those hobbies that's, it's everywhere all around the world. So yeah. it doesn't matter where you are. There's local people that are more than willing to get in and help you. Right. So, so it sounds like the basic steps are to get a ham radio, which I'm going to ask you next, which ones you recommend. Then probably go on Facebook and look up. I'm in Idaho, so I'm already in your group. So, so if you're in, you know, Tennessee, Florida, whatever, look up Florida ham radio groups, right. And connect with other ham radio people. And then they should be able to help you get it set up and to connect to others. Um, someone asked, does that sound right? That sounds like some good first steps for people to get started, right? Yes. And one of the things that I would do, if, uh, if you want to go into the simpler end of it, where there's not uh, testing and the licensing is cheaper, look up GMRS groups. That'd be GMRS, General Mobile Radio Service. Uh, that is your cheapest entry level. And there is a huge exploding community uh, all across the U.S. right now. And I know even Australia's got their version. Uh, I'm not sure what Canada's doing, but look up General Mobile Radio Service or ham radios. Okay, perfect. I'm going to have you help me individually, but sounds like people can find something in their state or local area. Um, I did get a question. Someone asked, what's the rate radius of the radios? Okay. When you're talking entry level, say that $35 radio, for example, that is right around five watts. They usually range five to seven watts. And on a bad day, we call that five to seven miles. You can go okay. down to Walmart or any box store. And your box stores are going to tell you these are 50 miles, 25 miles. The truth is, is you'll never see that because you've got line of sight, which is if there's a building in your way, a tree in your way, you're going to cut that by half. So if you look at it and it tells you that it's a five watt radio, which is your typical $30 radio, 
then you're looking at about five miles. If you're standing on top of a hill, nothing else around you, maybe 25. So that's okay. your typical range. So environment matters. Um, I don't know why I'm hearing an echo, but I'm going to ignore it. Hopefully other people can't hear that. Um, environment matters. And it sounds like, um, so does everyone have, so every model is going to require testing? Like does, I know I spent more than $35. Now this was a couple years ago. I don't remember what I spent. I, I should go grab my model. I should have had it ready, but um, does every model require testing or only the higher level ones? So it doesn't matter what equipment you have. I've got radios ranging from $35 to $350 just for the smaller ones. Uh, the big stuff, I mean, you can get five, dollars $6,000. Those will go all over the world. But it doesn't matter what you've got from the cheapest to the most expensive whether it can go all over the world or whether it can just do that 25 miles we were talking about. The idea is to learn your equipment. Okay, on a foggy day or snowy day, how far am I getting? On a perfectly clear day, how far am I getting? And am I happy with this? If I'm not happy with this, can I put a better antenna, something like this, can I upgrade this antenna on this radio versus using something small like this one here. Now, this other antenna, that's $20. And that gets me an extra 15, 20 miles. So it's up to you to, to test and say, hey, am I happy with the conditions? During rain, snow, does it suit my needs? Or do I need to upgrade a little bit? Or do I need to buy a little better equipment? That's what testing provides for you. And learning how to do all that and learning how all this affects it, that's what happens with getting into groups like what you've done. And like I said, starting out with people that are new to it, then you don't have to worry about the embarrassment of, you know. It, Admitting that you have a ham radio for two years and you don't know what you're doing. Like I say, don't be scared to ask because we're always here to help. I've been in that group and I've been scared to say anything because I don't understand the lingo. I don't understand like what you guys are talking about. And I guess I've just haven't taken the time to be like, hey, like, I don't know anything. When's your next beginner class? But um, question that I have. And guys, I just want to remind you, anyone that's watching live that you can ask any questions um, throughout you had said that you can get a ham radio from like five to seven miles to around the world. So I'm in Idaho. My mom's in Connecticut. It's possible for me to have a ham radio and her to have a ham radio that we can communicate from Idaho to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So there's numerous, numerous ways of doing things. So you want to start out on that cheap uh, $75 end. Guys like me have went in and we've spent anywhere from a grand and a half to say four and a half thousand. And we've put in infrastructure so that people with those $35 radios can uh, key up their radio. And if we know that there's people in the community that want to connect to other places in the country, all you have to do is say, hey, can we establish a connection here? 
So like from me to you, you're several hundred miles away from me. All I have where, to do is make a phone call. Where are you again? Are you by Boise? I am. I hear that. Hold, hang on one second. There's, I wonder if we can fix that. You're a genius because you helped me with an issue before we got on Zoom fast too. I couldn't figure out, I had to change my Zoom account and I couldn't figure out how to, it wasn't letting me go live in the Facebook group, but you fixed it. Why am I hearing an echo? Is there, I don't know what's going on. Do you hear an echo on your end? I do not. You're completely clean and clear on this end. Okay. Well, hopefully it doesn't come up in the recording. It is what it is, I guess. Um, <laughs> so. All right. Back to what we were saying. So, um, so if I wanted to establish, wait, you said you're in, are you over by Boise? Is that where you are? I am. I'm okay. just outside the suburbs of Boise. Okay. So. So if I wanted but to communicate with you on my ham radio, um, and I had, let's say I had friends in the area that also had ham radios, we could set up something like our network and then we can set it up with someone just texted me. I do hear it at times from you, the echo. I don't know how to fix it. Oh, well, I don't hear it too much. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, you, <laughs> I keep getting distracted. I'm sorry. You would be able to help me and my local, like I'm in Southeast Idaho network. You would help us be able to connect with each other. And then you would even, we could possibly set it up that I can communicate with you and your network over by Boise. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Uh, that, that starts out at about a $1,200 bill for a guy like me to lay the infrastructure in. And like okay. I said, it starts out for somebody like you at about $35. So what we do is you get a group of friends together and you guys start doing practicing together, talking together. And then what I do is I call some of uh, the local repeater owners. Now a repeater is something that carries your signal out across the valley or across the local area you're in. So what I would do is I would call them and say, hey, do you have the technology for me to link into you? If they say yes, then we ask for permission and we link in. If not, then we promote the benefits of being able to link in for emergency services. And then we say, hey, you know, are you willing to spend the twelve hundred to three thousand uh, dollars, and and do this, and it greatly helps communities because right now we've connected. Uh, another gentleman has spent a lot of effort putting in the infrastructure, and uh, we've all bought, we've all kind of bonded together to do this. Uh, we've linked in Boise, Meridian, Cuna. Nampa, Caldwell. Uh, so we are getting essentially from the Oregon border clear out to the middle of Idaho right now, or just shy of the middle of Idaho. And we're working our way towards the Utah border. Wow. So, and we can link anywhere in the country. So, okay. Let me make sure. I, I think it's kind of good, honestly, for the viewers that I'm kind of dumb about this because I'm sure we have different levels of understanding on every topic. So I like to kind of break it down for those that I don't know a lot about this topic at all. And most topics I 
do this one. I don't, um, if someone already has a network established, we may be able to tap into it and it shouldn't be too expensive. If there's not, then we have to establish it and it's pricey, but we can like, if I had, am I understanding this correctly? If I had a group of friends in Southeast Idaho and like we didn't have a network established, someone didn't have that here, we could establish it, but it might be $1,200, but we can split it amongst us. Is that correct? Yes, Okay. exactly. And that's what we tried to do with, with our group is we took some donations and if we can get enough donations, then we can uh, expand and we can just keep going. And that was, that was our goal was to cover the entire state of Idaho so that no matter where one of our members were in the state, if they needed help on a bad day, they knew that they had friends, this group or fr other friends that they had made where they could get on that $35 radio and say, Hey, it doesn't matter whether this is a $35 radio or not. I'm linked into this network and I can call my friends and I can get help. I love so. that. Let's make that happen. Um, so I'll have to look into what's going on in my area and how to tap in. And if we have to, you know, pay that price, Maybe I can get some friends together and we can split it, you know, a bunch of ways to establish, get the Southeast Idaho area going. So it sounds like, you know, for anyone across the country, step one is get a ham radio. Step two, see what's established in your area. Go on Facebook, like Florida ham radios or Florida GMRS group, right? And talk to people on your network and see what's established. And if it's not, established in your area, get some people together and say, Hey, let's split this price. Right. Mm -hmm. Those are those the basic steps. Am I getting that correct? Yeah. And one of the things that we do do in the area to show people the power of what we're doing is there is a nationwide group of people that have done this. And so what we do is not only have we tied in all the smaller towns and not only are we working from the Oregon border to the Utah border right now, but we've also tied into a nationwide group, which allows anybody that keys up one of these radios to be able to talk to people clear across the country that are doing the same thing that we're doing. So they can see the benefits of it. They can see the range of it and they can learn and grow. And so maybe, maybe you have a hard time understanding what I'm telling you, but you find a guy across the country that he's able to break it down and explain it to you. Or maybe he knows a little bit more than I do. It opens doors for you to meet people, learn things, and find people that you can connect with on your level. So it, it demonstrates the power of it, and it closes the gap across the entire country. So I love this. Um, my mom, who's in the Facebook group live right now, she just asked, what is the money for permits? So if we're set, like the $1,200, if we have to establish a network or whatever, what is that? What is that money specifically for? So if it was the 1200, if, if, if you got a group of people together, that's equipment. Uh, that is a repeater. And what that does is that binds you to the internet and it takes, takes your voice signal, sends it over the internet to where you can link into other places in the country. Uh, now the $35 fee, the government always wants their chunk of the, the pie. If you're gonna key up that radio, they want their their chunk too, and that's your thirty five dollars. So I wish we can cut them out. 
<laughs> now there are people that do do that. They're called freebanders, mm. and that opens up a a pretty big talk topic all in and of itself. Uh, well, you're talking to a, a group that really is is not a big fan of of uh, <laughs> the power. I call them the powers that were. Okay, so we were talking about this $35 radio. $35 yeah. radio, you drop it, you break it, no big deal. You throw it in a go bag. You throw it in your truck, your car, wherever. Like I said, you got 72 hours worth of stuff in your bag. You got a radio. You can get out to any of these systems, try to get some help, something like that. These radios are usually locked down. Our government requires them to be locked because they want you to pay for those licenses. Now... The one thing that the government does say is you may not be able to key up on that radio without having that license. But they also say that on a bad day, if it's life or death, then you are not going to get in trouble and you can use that radio in more ways than it's supposed to. So there are there are tons and tons of different radio services, which are portions of the of the uh radio frequencies that you can use now those radios the government has you lock them down to one or two so that means that you can get help on one or two areas and you've paid your licensing for that and you've done what you're supposed to do now you we were talking about free banders earlier you said you'd like to cut some of that out well there's people that do do that so you can unlock these radios china's really good about making a radio do whatever you want it to do, despite what the government says we can do. So you can unlock them. And when you're in a life or death situation, and I stress life or death situation, it is not illegal for you to key up that radio in that circumstance. Now, the other thing that they do say is it is not illegal for you to listen to the information coming across that radio. So you can take that $35 radio and you can get a lot more bang for your buck and listen to all kinds of things. And if, like I said, you roll your truck, you're in a ravine, you're 50 miles from home, you're on day two and you need help, you can key that radio up despite uh, what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. You can key that up and not get in trouble. But it, like, like I said, I do stress it's only in life or death situations. And uh, that's where there is big controversy. Mm. So, <laughs> but you can get your um, bang for your buck, and you can yeah. you can do that. I hear you. We are definitely an, an alternative style crowd. But uh, I did get another question from Tiffany. Can the signal get blocked by any outside source? I think you kind of covered this, but um, like jamming, signal jamming. Well, she just said, can the signal get blocked by any outside source? I mean, you said it can get blocked by things in the environment, but I don't know what she means by any outside source. So it's it's like any other technology. Any other technology, you can have jamming technology. Uh, <laughs> now, it in like I said, it is, so FM, think of your, your stereo in your car. As you get further away from the city or you get into really dense areas in the city, like skyscrapers, for those of you that are in city areas, you get bad reception. 
So those are two scenarios, too far away from the city or around skyscrapers and big congested areas, bad reception. AM, when was the last time that you weren't able to get reception on AM? I mean, you get you can get 100 miles and still have perfect AM reception. You can buy AM radios, you can buy FM radios. Most common right now are FM, uh, but the ones that will go around the world, those are AM. So if you're really worried about covering distance, you're really worried about that signal being blocked, spend a little extra money for the licensing, spend a little money for the equipment, go AM, talk around the world. That's awesome. She she just um, clarified what she's talking about. She said, like, if they don't like what we are talking about. So that brings up a question for me. Can, can they... Can the government hear our ham radio conversation? <laughs> okay. Um, let me pull out some tinfoil here. And, uh, let me, <laughs> we let me make we like our tinfoil. We wear a tinfoil uh, around here. I, you know, running a group as big as, as we do. Uh, we've got about 1,200 people on our sustainability side and about uh, 120 on our comm side. I hear it all. And... The one thing I do say is it doesn't matter the scenario. Get your first aid stuff in order. Get your calm stuff in order. Uh, prepare for what you can. Get your core stuff done. Then it doesn't matter what your scenario, scenario is. Your scenario will change everything, but as long as you have your core, you're good, which is your shelter, your first aid, your food, and your comms. Um what are comms? What is that? Communications. That's our radio stuff. Okay. So, so get the communications up and running, first aid, shelter. So I'm assuming the answer is yes, that they can. I mean, let's uh, use our yeah, common so sense. On. They they monitor us through our phones. So I'm sure they yeah, can so listen to the ham to radio. That. And huh? the tinfoil hat. Um, there is rumored, and this is rumored, that if you key up, you can be triangulated, pinpointed in less than 12 minutes, three to 12 minutes. Uh, now, the one thing that I do know is because, like I said, these radios are, you're able to open them up and do things that you're not supposed to do. The people mm -hmm. that choose to do that without licensing, there are things called fox hunts and local ham radio clubs will actually triangulate on you which is to try to figure, determine your location based on your radio signal pattern. And they will find you, and it's a club challenge to turn around and report you. So that is a training method used in even some ham radio clubs, which brings me to this. You're talking about like-minded people. You're talking about going in this direction. Uh, there's all different levels of people to get involved with. You can get into the ham radio groups and you can get into the people that are really strict about FCC regulation, really strict about what radios you use for what. You can get into middle of the road people, which is about where I'm at, where I say, hey, unlock a radio, keep it for emergency use. If it's unlocked, monitor everything and do what you need to do on a bad day. Then you've got people that are very anti-government, very, very motivated in other directions. 
Um, I try to stay away from that a little bit and run in the group that I run. If one of my members were to do something inappropriate, my house is the next place they stop. And I'd really like to get on a plane and I'd really like to go see my granddaughter. So, so I kind of stay in that middle lane. You know, I think I get what you're saying is basically you recommend it for emergencies. There's like, I think I know what you mean. We had some brief conversations and there's alternative groups and militias that, you know, might be organizing things that you don't get involved in, but, um, you recommend ham radios for emergencies basically. (laughs) Yes. And I didn't want to throw out, I didn't want to throw out that, that extreme end of it, but yeah. Right. Cause I don't know, I don't know your crowd to the fullest, but. I don't think it's that crowd. It's we're, we're the, we want to escape the corrupt systems in society as much as we can without, we're not trying to flag ourselves. We're not trying to, we're flying under the radar, but we're trying to bring back sovereignty in all areas, growing our own food, finances, uh, like-minded people, natural healing, you know, kind of like taking back our power in different areas. We're not like those, those necessarily those organized militias or anything. <laughs> but, well, I'm looking at uh, off-grid land right now. Yeah, and that's us. I, uh, land. I right now I can get uh, 500 pounds of meat, 200 pounds of chicken, and uh, two to 300 eggs a month, and 300 jars of canned goods off a third acre in the middle of the city. So yeah, yeah. I, I I get where you're going. Yeah, we're we're uh, we organize ourselves, bring resources to our families and sovereign like that way, you know, like mindedness in terms of, yeah, independence, self sufficiency, natural healing, you know, stuff like that. Um, let me see if I miss any questions here. I was just gonna Amy, say the same thing. Amy said, "Is CB radio worth anything?" And I was looking that up today. CB radio versus ham seems like they are much different, but you tell me. So I will say one thing. Uh, there is no licensing for CB radio. Almost everybody has a CB radio in their garage. Uh, a lot of the old timers do. And it is AM. Now think about what I said going back to AM. AM goes a lot further than FM. Now the government did just implement an FM phase for CB, but they have not blocked AM yet. So if you have an old AMCB, you've got a really long distance that you can use. No licensing. It is still there. It is still available. And on a bad day, there's going to be a lot of them laying around. So they are, I keep an AM or I keep a CB radio for every head of household in my family. Mm-hmm. I keep one of these uh, $35 FM radios for every member of my family. And I keep the equipment maintained. And if we ever have a bad situation, then I will, you know, shell out each proportionate group to each head of household. And I don't have a lot of money invested in it because you can pick up a CB at yard sales everywhere. Uh, These $35 radios, you can get them in a 10 pack for 200 bucks, give or take. So you can do this inexpensively and cover multiple multiple areas whether it be distance short range and you can you can help out your kids yourself and your grandkids 
for fairly cheap. Nice. So. Yeah. We, we bought these walkie talkie things. Um, I don't know exactly what they are, but it, it seemed like it, it can go quite a, quite a distance across town and even so obviously you recommend ham radios and you're saying that CB radios are good too, for different reasons. Um, anything else you would recommend for emergency communications? One of the things that is big, and this goes across any type of preparedness, I try to keep all my batteries the same. So when I'm looking at those $35 radios, like I said, I've got one for every member of my family, of my immediate family. That's a lot of radios. Now, the one thing that that does allow me to do is that allows me to keep my batteries the same. So if my batteries are the same, then that's uniformity across the board. The other thing I've got is I've got solar charging ability. So I can solar charge these batteries at any point. Now, if you're looking at flashlights or you're looking at like that world, uh, the world radios that I was talking about, this is one of your cheap world radios right here. All of my batteries are one type of battery. So I can charge that battery off solar or I can charge all of these uh, radio batteries via USB, which is also being charged off solar. So keeping uniformity across the board really helps. You break something out in the field, you break something when you're training, or maybe you're out of town and you're doing a camping trip or you're just going out to test your preparedness stuff. Once a year, we put on a camping event where we all bring out our preparedness stuff and we do a training class on Friday, three on Saturday, one on Sunday, and we use everything. So if you break something, guess what? Grab the next item because everything kind of works together. Think about that even when you get your comms, your flashlights, uh, even stupid little things that you wouldn't expect. The more you can keep things uniform, the better. Um, that is a big test. I love that. Testing. Know your equipment, whether it be your radio equipment, whether it be your preparedness stuff. Like I said, don't be scared to use it. You leave it on a shelf and you think, I'll use this when I need it. Then you get to the point and you find out, okay, maybe I bought a bad product from that box store. Or maybe it didn't perform as advertised. Now I've got a problem. Go out and use your preparedness stuff. Figure out what its shortcomings are and what its limitations are. Then think, how can I upgrade this to my needs? Or do I need to look at something different? Or do I just need to change something I'm doing with my preparedness skill? Mm -hmm. And that, that, like I said, that's something that goes across everything, whether it be your radios, whether it be your preparedness equipment. Know what you've got. Know how to use it. Make sure that it's in working order. So those are the probably the two biggest tips that I would give anybody, be it in any form of preparedness, other than the third one that I gave you, which was focus on your core items. And then it doesn't matter what the scenario is. You've got your food, you've got your shelter, you've got your, uh, your way to communicate and always your safety <clears throat> items. So... Love it. Some great, great tips there. Um, so what 
type of, okay. What type of like 35, is there a brand? Like let's get some recommendations if you can for some starter ham radios for people. Like, is there a brand or like, where should people start if they go on Amazon? Throw, throw some stuff out there, please. Okay. And you're going to, uh, you're going to hear all day long on the forums. You're going to hear all oh, that's junk because there's guys that want to go out and spend six, $700 on a radio. Now I will tell you the $35, $35 radios. These are what they call a Baofeng UV5R. Now. Baofeng, radio- can, you, can you spell that please? Sorry. Baofeng. Uh, B-A- O F E N G. Okay. That would be UV, like the sun UV 5R. You can and get that's those a in brand? Yes. Okay. Cheap Chinese brand. Uh literally when you go to program these, there are probably 50 different radios. There are 300 different manufacturers making their own variants of them. That is how common they are. They're being used in wars all over the all over the world as throwaway radios in Ukraine right now. They're being used everywhere. So they are they are a radio that despite these boards telling you they are no good and they are junk, they are being used everywhere. It is the most sold radio in the world. So there's a couple of good things with that. Like I said, you're going to find replacement parts. Mid-level, uh, I would look at the oceans. Uh, they call them Wuxan or Ocean because it's spelt pretty funny. Uh, that one I do not have pulled up. But they make a good entry-level uh, radio for around $200. What's the name again? Can you say it one more time? Wuxan or Wuxan Ocean. or Ocean. Okay, that's mid-level. Okay. Yeah, and you're looking about 200 bucks. They are very good radios. I mean, you can put those through good beating and they are going to withstand uh you want to go down the rabbit hole you've got something like this this is an anytone 878 that one is about 350 bucks that one i can talk all over the world and that is using something like this this is just a little thing that takes your voice and kicks it out over the internet and it just uses something simple like this that's just a T-Mobile hotspot. So you can take that T-Mobile hotspot and that little component and that radio, all total, you're looking at 450 bucks. You can take that anywhere in the country. If I'm flying across the country, I have a little bag like this. I throw it in the bag. I'm sitting in the motel room. I'm talking all over the world. Wow. So wow. like I said, how far do you want to go with this rabbit hole? That's really the one cool. thing. I- What's the brand again? Can you say it one more time? For the uh, this one is an Anytone. Anytone. Yeah, Anytone. A N Y T O N E. Okay. That is your high end for the Chinese. <laughs> and you've got mid level, which was the Ocean or the Wuxan. Mm-hmm. Entry level, which is your UV five R, your Baofengs. I think that's what I have, but I swear I paid more than 35 bucks, but I think that's what I have. What about Baofeng? Yes, Mandy, that's, um, he said is a good entry level brand, uh, for like the entry level, there's different levels depending on what you're looking for. 
So if I want to talk to my mom in Connecticut, we might have to do the $350 one. Is that correct? Uh, I guarantee you that with that, you could definitely do that. Okay. Um, because that is digital and that is over the internet. Okay. Uh, now, something that everybody worries about, what happens when the internet goes down? Yeah. That's where spending the money and testing your equipment counts. Uh, because the further you can get, the further you can get to your friends, that internet isn't going to be there. Now, some of these repeaters, the things that kick it out further, say over a valley, they might have solar backup. But when that power goes down or that internet goes down, everybody's going to flood to that. And most guys have about a four hour window. And then that repeater will shut down, that battery will recharge. And about four hours later, it'll come back up. So that kind of tells you, hey, if I'm buying something that's internet based, it might have this limitation, but it still does everything. And if you find a solar-based repeater, then you might have to wait in an emergency, but those will come back up as well. Okay. So uh -huh. I had a point that a lot of people are going to be using it in case of emergency, but that it comes back um, having a solar repeater. Lots of good advice. Someone asked, should we... <laughs> Should we put it in a Faraday bag? Great question. So I get asked this all the time. Uh, from an electronics engineering standpoint, we will keep this quick because it was a big topic on our page. Um, there have been threats from certain governments, and whether it's tinfoil, whether it's truthful, we don't know. The one thing we do know is that there have been training exercises in the government based specifically on that. So even they are preparing for that. When you get down to it, do these products work? The products you can pick up on eBay, Amazon, the internet, do they work? Nobody knows what Bob next door has for an EMP device to wipe out all of our stuff. We don't know what this guy has, that guy has, or let's call them countries, whatever. We don't know what they have, what they don't have. So we don't know the level of strength. Now, would I recommend a Faraday bag? Yeah, I would. Uh, a Faraday bag, or even if you can find a, a hard case, there are ways to make Faraday boxes. Now, can we guarantee they're going to work? We don't know what the level and the power is that's going to affect these devices. One thing I will say, if you're into preparedness, do you have a root cellar? If you have a root cellar, <laughs> The ground is the best EMP that you're going to find. So if you've got that door sealed and you've got it uh, got it electrically sealed all the way around, you can look that up online how to do that. Then it, it becomes, your root cellar becomes a giant EMP thing. Now, would I keep a few moisture packs in there to keep moisture out of the electronics? Yeah, I would. Just throw them down with your canning goods uh, in your root cellar. Keep moisture out. Pick up a couple of EMP bags on Amazon. Are they going to work? Maybe, maybe not. There's no guarantees. But would I rather have it and say I had it than not have it? I probably would. Mm -hmm. We'll have to have um, another episode on Faraday bags and cages. I think that's a hot topic. Um, what is something that might occur that would um, people would need a Faraday bag for? Um, so... 
look at all, everything going on. Yeah. 2012, I think it was 2012, 2011, somewhere when I was in uh, college, we had uh, an EMP burst from the sun. It wiped out a bunch of our uh, satellites, took out a bunch of our uh, communications. We mm. don't know when we're going to have something big enough to hit Earth. Like if a solar does, flare or something. Yeah, and anything with a three-foot yeah. cord, anything with a three-foot cord, an antenna, all that's going to go. Now, the one thing that we do know mm. is if it's a small device, like a lot of our cell phones, a lot of those may not be as affected. But if it's got a big antenna on it or a big cord, that all acts as a giant antenna soaking that up. So would it be good to say maybe have a radio or an extra device in a small device in a shielded environment? If you're, if that's something you're concerned about or a scenario, like I said, everybody's got a different scenario. If that's a scenario you're concerned about, then there's products readily available now at this point. So Awesome. All right. Um, I was going to ask, cause we're coming close to the end now and then we'll probably hang out for a few minutes if that's okay. Um, after the recording for the Facebook group, if there's any more questions, but, um, I was going to just kind of ask you the importance of communications and connecting to your community, but is there something else you want to kind of talk about? I think that honestly, it, it plays a huge role in the community when you, you sit down and think about it, if you've got a network of 25 people per every, say, 5,000 people in a community, those 25 people, maybe it's just been on a Thursday night that everybody got around and talked to each other for an hour. Those 15, 25 people will be able to get in, get out. Think about Katrina. How many people were on a roof? Okay, you got a boat, you got an ATV, you got this, you got that, you got the other. I can talk to all my buddies and say, hey, I seen somebody over here. Hey, I seen somebody over there. Or so-and-so is concerned about the welfare of this family member. Is there anybody close? That network of people are more equipped to deal with any emergency situation and save the lives of others around them. So to me, from a community standpoint, even though it, it looks like a hobby and even though it's also camaraderie, camaraderie in your community, it is also setting an example saying, hey, you know, you don't have to look at me as tinfoil hat. You don't have to look at me with a label. I am here to promote, you know, health and safety in the community. And I'm willing to learn and get to know you and I'm willing to help you out and teach you as well. So, and, and I, that's what we've been doing for three and a half years, almost four years now with our group. If you want to learn something, you want a class, get enough people together. We'll put on a class. It doesn't matter what the topic is. If you don't know and I don't know, guess what? We're going to learn together because I'm not going to say that I'm an expert. You want to know? Let's, let's get together. And let's, let's learn together. So. Sounds like I need to really start to pay attention, get in a beginner's group or get a beginner's group together and then maybe rally some people in this area and connect to um, Southeast Idaho and get that going. Um, I didn't realize how much emergency communication 
really plays a part in the community. If, if an emergency happens and, um, I mean, it could, it's, it's could be life and death could be life-saving. So it's not just bringing people together, like-minded people, but it's, it could save people's lives. Yeah. And that's just it. And the, like I said, we've just barely glazed over the surface of tiny little topics tonight. This rabbit hole goes so deep and there's so many ways to apply mm-hmm. these basic skills that mm-hmm. once you get into it, you can pick the, pick the one where you think you're going to be able to succeed the most and whatever interests you the most, because the more you're interested in something, the more you're going to learn, the more you're going to learn, the more you can apply to your purpose, be it homesteading, be it uh, helping other people in the community. doesn't matter what you want to do. This topic is, is wide. Find something you're interested in, find out how to apply it and go for it. I love it. So um, we'll probably wrap it up and just hang out for a few minutes. If anyone has last minute questions in the Facebook group, is there anything that, I mean, that was a great, what you just said, but is there anything else you want to add to before we kind of wrap this up, Travis? Well, why don't you take a list of the questions and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up, but you can take a list of any questions that you have, even if you get emails or whatever you get, Write them down for me. I will answer them and I'll shoot them back over to you and you can kick them back out to your members later. So that way we can get the questions answered. Awesome. Or do you have an email or any way um, if someone has a question to reach out to you or especially if they're in Idaho? I know that uh, pretty much this is good to connect with your own local area for emergency communications and ham radio. But um, especially for anyone that's in Idaho that may want to tap into your network. Um, what is your, um, how can you be reached and what's the name of your Idaho network again? So the, the group that, uh, uh, we've founded is the Idaho emergency communications network. And that is on Facebook. So IECN for short, um, hit me up there. We are usually a Idaho only deal, but given that we're doing this tonight, I'm going to expand our, uh, our coverage to other people. And you hit me up there, say, Hey, I seen you on uh, this podcast tonight. And you know what? I'm going to open the door for you and you can hit me up, ask me any questions. You know, if there's any knowledge, anything you can gain from my page, great, go for it. If you don't understand what you're seeing on that page and it's something you want to learn, message me. We'll talk about it. We'll go through it. If there's something you're interested in that you're not seeing answers to or something you've been researching and you don't have all the answers, hit me up. We'll dig together. Awesome. You've been Uh awesome, Travis. We're going to conclude for the recorded portion, hang out for just a couple minutes. If anyone in the Facebook group has any more questions, Um, But thank you to the viewers, both live and whoever watches this later on YouTube and rumble. It's a great topic. Very important. Honestly, more important than I even realized something to look into. If you guys don't have emergency communication set up for you and your family and your community, um, really, really important. So thanks again to everyone. Um, This episode has been awesome.